no, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. That was loud. Good morning. Thank you guys for being here this morning. It's good seeing you. In the eye of the storm, you remain in control. In the middle of the war, you got my soul. You alone are the anchor when my sails are torn. Your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. When the solid ground is falling out from underneath my feet, between the black skies and my red eyes, I can barely see when I realize I've been sold out by my friends and my family. I can feel the rain reminding me in the eye of the storm. You remain in control in the middle of the war. You got my soul. You alone are the anchor when my sails are torn. Your love surrounds me in the iron storm. When my hopes and dreams are far from me and I'm running out of faith, see my future, I picture. Slowly fade away when the tears of pain and heartache pouring down my face. I find my peace in Jesus' name in the eye of the storm. You remain in control in the middle of the war. You guard my soul. Trust you, Lord. 
darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Thank you, guys. All right, so abbreviated welcome time today. Seriously, you got like two minutes to greet everybody because what we're doing today is we're honoring our senior graduates. And we have a whole bunch of senior graduates and college uh, graduates, senior high school graduates and college graduates. And I was told that their parents sent in a whole bunch of photos for you guys to see. And the photo deal is like 10 minutes long. So... You got two minutes to welcome everybody, and then you get to see all those cute little baby faces, okay? So let's open in prayer, and then you do your welcoming time. We got to pray first. Let's pray, and then we'll do the welcoming time. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, that we're here today, and we love you, and we want to honor you and worship you with everything we do today. Uh, and um, we have so many uh, young people that have graduated high school and college, and I'm excited for them, and they're awesome, and I know they've worked so hard, and we want to honor them today and their families, and, and, and Lord, honor them by honoring you and loving you. And so, Lord, we love you. We thank you for today. In your name I pray. Amen. Two minutes, and then we're going.
Time's up. Time's up. Let's go. Here we go.
Thank you, guys. You may be seated. Got some stuff to pass out here. Where's uh, Chasten? Come on up here. We had baptism Sunday last Sunday at the river, if you missed it. If you have questions about baptism, we have baptism. It was cold last week, too, by the way, if you missed it. Very, very cold. Uh, but we have baptism the last Sunday of every month. So if you have questions about baptism, please come and see me. There's your certificate and a brand new Bible. You're welcome. Paul and Zach, make your way up here, too. Zach is not getting a Bible because Zach already got a brand new Bible, but we've got a um, study guide for, well, what, what am I, a commentary, commentary for Zach on the way. Paul, there is your certificate and new Bible, my friend. Congratulations. And there's your certificate. Commentary hadn't came in yet, but I'll get it to you. Thank All right, you, you bet. Congratulations. All right, today, announcements. I'm going to try to be a little bit brief on announcements. Men's Bible study tonight at 6 o'clock. Men's Bible study tonight here at the church at 6 o'clock. Uh, women's breakfast and coffee. No breakfast and coffee through the month of May because we have so much going on. Uh, today, if you have a graduating senior, there is lunch after the morning services for you. So all the families of the graduating seniors, lunch after service downstairs Spring ladies trip, it is this Friday, it's coming up this Friday, uh, ladies, uh, March, or excuse me, May 12th from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, if you want to come, they're leaving at, at 9, isn't that right? Leaving at 9. They're going to Baker Creek Seed Company in Mansfield for lunch and going to run around and shop and, I don't know, hide your credit cards, fellas, okay? Do that. Yes. Tuesday and Friday this week at 6, they're going to be doing outreach and going door-to-door, -door, passing stuff out, because next Saturday is the church outreach at one, one of our first outreaches of the year uh, at the park on A Highway. It's from 3 to 6, so we're going to be cooking a whole bunch of food, setting up bounce houses, sharing the gospel with people. They're going to be going around this Tuesday and Friday uh, in the evening and inviting people and passing out flyers for it, so if you would like to help, Tuesday and Friday at what time again? 6 p.m. here at the church. Uh, also, the Choices Walk for Life, Choices Pregnancy Center Walk for Life, is at First Baptist Church next Saturday morning at 8.30. Next Saturday morning at 8.30, we always have a church team. Um, you get there at 8.30, the walk starts at 9. Rain or shine, if it's raining, it'll be inside uh, their auditorium or their gym uh, area. It, hopefully it won't be raining because we have the outreach that afternoon. Uh, men's Prayer Breakfast, Saturday, May 20th at 8 a.m. And uh, a couple other things, the new member class. I know we had several people tell me they wanted to come to the new member class. I've been announcing it. It started today. So if you uh, missed it, go come in next week because it's going to be coming in uh, every single week, probably the next six weeks. It's in the side classroom right out here in the hall at 9 a.m. Trey and Savannah, where are you guys at? Where the, I know Savannah's at. Where's Trey at? Where's Trey? You know where Trey's at? Set up. Trey, I know you're hearing. Get up here. All right, well, wait a second. Okay, I got some exciting news to share with you uh, about Trey and Savannah. My senior graduates, Susanna, come on up here. Savannah, she's the first one. Travis Greenfield. Elijah Donaldson. You, you got to stay up here. What is that, sis? Call her Savannah. Her nickname is Susanna. I've called her Susanna for years. Vanny, Suze, it's, it's all good, right? Silas, get up here, Silas. Where's Silas? 
Is Evan here? Evan's not here. Jaden, come up here, Jaden. Yo, Silas, you bet. Liz and Cody, college graduates. They got jobs. They're going to be teaching. And Savannah Odom. And we've got a new varsity basketball, girls basketball coach at Niangua, correct? Yes. And math, Conway math teacher. So if you need help with math, and if you need help with basketball, there we go. All right. Give them all a big hand. Congratulations. Congratulations. Let me get out of the picture in case you guys want to take more pictures. Okay, video. We have a whole bunch of baby pictures and photos of these sweet kids. And then I'm going to bring Trey and Savannah up. You guys can go sit down if you'd like to. It's only for a moment you were mine to hold The plans that heaven has for you will all too soon unfold So many different prayers I'll pray for all that you might do But most of all I want to know you're walking in the truth And if I never told you I want you to know That as I watch you grow I pray that God would fill your heart with dreams And that faith gives you
my time to go but before I to do Cross the line. I'm stepping out, so come what may. I give it all, cause I'm drawn to you. As long as my heart is beating, where you lead me, I will follow. Where you lead me, I give my life away. Where you lead me, I will follow forever and a day. Forever and a day.
So the guy flying through the air there, where, uh, Travis, where is Travis, state yet, have you, districts this Saturday, okay, and what are you ranked in the conference right now? Third in the whole state, wow, okay, that's awesome, that's awesome, okay, that's great, well, hey, keep being strong on being a Broncos fan, okay, keep, keep strong you that. All right, I have one other thing here, uh, a thank you card from Tammy. Tammy was in the hospital for a few days, and you guys know about that. Um, she said, I can't uh, begin to thank everyone that stopped and said a prayer for me. I love every one of you, Tammy Hoss. So I'm, we're glad she's back and going. And, hey, Mindy, I just heard this morning, we've been praying for Mindy, and I know she's here this morning, we've been praying for Mindy's blood pressure, even after the surgery. The doctors got her on some new medicine. Steve told me this morning her blood pressure is down to 120, where it's supposed to be. So... Make sure Steve stays in line, you know, and doesn't raise that. But I'm really glad to hear that news this morning. And also, one other thing, Terry Ragsdale is home. And so that is a huge answered prayer. Huge answered prayer about uh, Terry Ragsdale. Trey and Savannah, come up here. This is payoff day for the church. So one of the things we're supposed to do as the church is send out new leaders. Send out leaders. We're supposed to do that. And Trey and Savannah uh, have accepted the freeway director job in Florida, in Sanford, Florida. So give them a big hand. We are, we're really excited for them. Obviously, it's sad we're not going to see them every Sunday, but this is what we're supposed to do as the church. You're supposed to send out new leaders. They've accepted that. So we're going to have a send-off Sunday. We don't know what Sunday that's going to be. Just so you guys know, financially, there are going to be missionaries there. Our church is going to be supporting them, and we're going to give you an opportunity that Sunday when we send them off to bring in cards and to bless them uh, when they go. So congratulations. You guys got anything you want to say uh, real quick? I love this church, and it's going to be hard to leave. You guys have all been amazing. I feel perfectly loved here, and it's going to be really hard to go. So just pray for us, but I love you guys, all of you. What she said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, really, absolutely what she said. We love you guys, and it's going to be hard to leave. And we won't be here a lot until we do leave because um, we we're going to go to different churches and uh, – <laughs> So we won't be here every Sunday for the next, until we leave, because we'll be going to other churches. Uh, raising some support, raising support, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so if you don't see us much, it's not because we're slacking or because we don't love you guys. It's because we're going to raise support. And so just keep praying for us, and thank you for the support that you've shown and the love that you've shown and for raising us up to get to where we're at now. So thank you guys. We're going to save you visitor parking out front, okay? All right. <laughs> Give them a hand. <laughs> Give them a hand. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. If you would stand this morning, let's take up our morning offering and have our, our time of worship before we jump into God's Word uh, together. And we'll pray. And today is Family Sunday. I haven't done a children's sermon because 
We, we did the senior videos this morning, but uh, it's Family Sunday, the first Sunday of every month. The kids stay in with us for worship, and we take communion at the end of service. So let's, uh, let's pray and bless our morning offering this morning also. Lord Jesus, I thank you again. Uh, so excited and thankful that we have so many graduating uh, seniors this year. And Lord, I just pray as they, um, Lord, a lot of them step out into different areas and move and go to college that, Lord... They, they're going to be tempted and they're, they're gonna, Satan's going to be trying to get after them in so many different ways. And I pray, God, that they just keep finding direction in their life from a personal relationship with you, from your word, Lord. Find the truths that are in there that can guide their life and not, not be conformed by the world, but be transformed by renewing their minds through you and that relationship. And so, Lord, I pray for them. I'm very proud of them. I pray for Trey and Savannah, uh, Lord, in the ministry they're going to be doing. As a church, we can support that. Today's a glorious day. This is what we're supposed to do as the church, and it's an exciting day. Be with us as we worship you today, as we give back, God. Bless the, the finances this morning that it will be used to further your kingdom, uh, Lord. And everything that we do, we love you and we thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. Blessed
Thank you, guys. If you would, Second John, Second John, please remain standing. Let's honor God's word together. Second John, the whole book is verses one through thirteen. The whole book is one through thirteen. I want to start with verse seven this morning. We're in part two of going through this book, so we'll start with verse seven this morning. It says this, for many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh, flesh such, as, such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch yourselves so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. Everyone who, does, who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting. For whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works. Though I have much to write to you, I would rather use paper and ink. 
Instead, I hope to come to you and talk face to face so that our joy may be complete. The children of your elect sister greet you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you again this morning that we're here, uh, Lord, to worship you. And Lord, I pray this morning that we glean what you want uh, from us to get out of this passage. There there are several things here that are extremely important. I hope we gain a better understanding over how to deal with people who teach a false message and what you expect out of us. Uh, And in all things, God, we want to glorify and honor you. And we want to point people to you and the truth of who you are that's found in your word. God, we love you. In your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So I want to just back up real quick. Um, A a big thank you to Steve and Dana uh, for all the hard work that they put into last week and the fish fry last Sunday afternoon. Yes, and I know Stacy's not here, but Stacy really worked hard on cooking the food and and Danny. uh, And just it was a great, great afternoon. And so thank you guys for all your hard work that you put into that. Um, so today we're back in 2 John, and it's kind of the second part uh, of this. Last week we talked about truth, if you remember. Uh, and it was a message that I really felt like I have shared a lot of over the course of going through the book of 1 John. Uh, and and uh, so at points I almost felt like I was being redundant over and over. But scripture, as you read through here, it talks about it multiple times. It's redundant on the same topic. And we're warned over and over and over to watch out for false teaching and remain in truth. The truth of who Jesus is and the truth of his word. And so that is, when you think about it, and I even had to take a step back, like, man, I don't want to preach the same message over and over. But as you're preaching through a book, sometimes they cover the same thing over and over. And there's a reason for that. Because it's a very relevant message for today. Because there's so many false deceivers all over that are trying to lead the church astray. And so, after all those teachings on truth and being careful to be on guard, what are we supposed to do as the church, as the body, with those who spread the false teachings? And so we're given the answer here in verse 10 and 12. And this is what it says. I want to back up. It says, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your home, And do not greet him, for the one who greets him shares his evil works. So I want to take up just another step back real quick, and I want to make sure we get this right. Who are we not supposed to receive into our homes or greet? we got to back up to verses 7 and 9. It says, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh, and anyone who doesn't remain in Christ's teaching but goes beyond it, Okay, so what are they talking about? He's talking about people that deny the deity of Jesus Christ. They deny that Jesus was fully God, but yet fully man. They deny that Jesus was God in flesh. That's the first point this morning that I want to look at, are those that deny that Jesus was God in flesh. They don't confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Many cults today... Deny that. This is a foundational Christian doctrine. Many cults deny that Jesus was God in flesh. And that's a, that is, like I said, it's foundational to what we believe. It's foundational Orthodox Christian doctrine that's been taught from the very beginning all the way up to today in evangelical Christians, the early church, 
And, and, and cults will teach that Jesus wasn't fully God. And if Jesus wasn't fully God, then he wouldn't have been the perfect sacrifice for our sins. If he was not fully God, then he would have been in sin, which we know Scripture doesn't teach. And so they were fighting this teaching, and that's why John's writing about it. Listen, we're still, to this day, have to deal with people who don't believe that Jesus was really God. In fact, you either believe that Jesus was God in flesh and went to the cross and died and paid the sin debt fully, or you're along with everybody else. That's, it's like one of two camps. Those are either one. And, and this, is, this, is, this goes to the heart of whether you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ or not. Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's foundational Christian doctrine. Confessing Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is God. Well, what brings up a question, though. Why did he have to be born a man? You said he's fully God, yet he's fully man. So I asked Ace this week, and Ace didn't know the song. Does anybody in here know the song, So Much God? It's an old kind of, I don't know, some of the southern gospel groups used to sing it. Anybody know that song? I, asked, I had your kids ask you, Jana. Nobody in here. You guys have smelled me out here because what I'm doing. Alan, you know it? You want to try to sing it this morning? No, he says no. <laughs> what I was going to do is if somebody raised their hand, they were going to be up here, right? And, and there's one thing, guys. I'm not a singer, but I, I'm not at all. And I don't even want to try to sing it, okay, especially within A instruments. There's just certain things that God gifts us with, and one of them is not singing, all right? I don't want to get stuff thrown at me. But here's the lyrics to this song. It says, who was that babe born in Bethlehem? They laid him in a manger. There was no room in the inn. He was born of a virgin. He was God's only son. The angels shouted in the night that Christ had come. Who was that man, man of Galilee, who made the lame to walk and caused the blind to see? He cleansed the spotted leper. He spoke with authority. He broke the chains of sin and set the captives free. He was so much a man that he slept in a boat. Yet he was so much God that the wind ceased when he spoke. He was so much a man that he wept when Lazarus died. Yet he was so much God, Lazarus came forth when he cried. He was so much a man that he thirsted at the well. Yet he was so much God that he saved her soul from hell. He was so much a man that he died upon a tree. Yet he was so much God that he rose in victory. Wow. Last verse. Who was that man crying from the tree? Father, forgive them for what they've done to me. They placed them in a borrowed tomb. The stone held fast the door. He rose up from the grave. Now he lives forevermore. He was so much a man that he slept in a boat, yet he was so much a God that the wind ceased when he spoke. Now listen. You, we, we need to learn that song. I don't know how we need to do it, but you know why we need to learn it? Because it's foundational Christian truth of who Jesus is. And you start to memorize that song, you start memorizing the truth of who Jesus is. But it brings up a question. Well, why did Jesus have to be born a man? Why did God have to be born, uh, born a man? Why did, he, why did that? Galatians 4 tells us. Galatians 4, 4 through 5. 
It says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. There's the key. Jesus, God, is born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. So he's born of Mary, right? Conceived a virgin birth by the Holy Spirit. He's born fully God, yet fully man under the law. Lives his life. Jesus says, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. So he lives a perfect life. Perfect life. That's the only way he could be the perfect sacrifice. And the only way he could have lived a perfect life if he was God in flesh. Because scripture teaches us no one is good. We've all sinned except for Jesus. And scripture teaches us that. So Jesus was born fully man to be under the law but without sin. So he could go to the cross as fully God paying our sin debt to redeem us. That causes us to say, amen, thank you, God. Thank you for what you did. That is foundational Christian doctrine. That's what we believe about who Jesus is. If you don't believe that about Jesus, you don't have the right Jesus, and you are not saved. You're part of the other group. Many cults teach that, and false teachers deny that truth. Mormons, Jehovah Witnesses, Muslims, they all deny that Jesus was God. Not a God. Jesus was not a God. Jesus was God. So denying that Jesus, the deity of Jesus, that he became God in flesh is foundational. And if somebody doesn't hold to that belief, guess what? They're not your brother and sister in Christ. They're not. And that's who they're talking about. That's who John is talking about in 2 John. What's the other one? I got four points. Here's the second one. Those who don't abide in the teaching of Christ. So go back to verse 9 in 2 John. It says, everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Now, what is that? I mean, that sounded like it's opened up a can of worms. Not really. It can be summed up as foundational sound doctrines of the faith. The word abide is a constant adherence. You're adhering to who Jesus is. What does that mean? It means it's not up for change. We don't change with the winds of society. Who Jesus is, what his word says, is not up for my personal interpretation or debate. It's not what I want it to be. It is what it is. It's not subject to what society says. So listen, if somebody has the wrong idea about who Jesus is and they start adding things in, what does that tell us? Listen, that's why we're going through this new member class. Everybody who's a member of this church has been given a church constitution. And you know the first thing that we lay out in the church constitution is what? The statement of beliefs. What do we believe? Here's some of them. The first one we talk about is God's word. That God's word is without error. It is God spoken and breathed. God is the author. Man was the pen. There are no errors or contradictions. It's perfect. We believe in the Trinity. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We, we uh, have a statement of beliefs on Christ Jesus that I just covered. 
We have a state, a whole statement, a paragraph on the Holy Spirit, about what we believe about the Holy Spirit, about man, the sin, and, and the fall of man, and that we're born into sin. We have a statement on how to be saved, that it is not by our works or any human merits. You can't be good enough to be saved. If we could be good enough to be saved, folks, then Jesus died on the cross for nothing. Then that means we could just keep the law and be good, and it'd all be rosy. Well, because we can't, that's why God in flesh came and he died. That's foundational Christian doctrine. If you, if, you, if you have the doctrine of salvation wrong, if you think that you can work for your salvation, or you have to do this, 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 and this, or you've got to keep sacraments, you're lost. That's not the gospel. We don't have fellowship with that. That's what 2 John is talking about. About baptism, we have a statement on baptism. Here's the one for the times. I never thought, my, my parents would have never thought, some of you in this room, like they're my father figures, Max and Alan and Danny, I'm, I'm sure you never would have thought in your lifetime that we would have to have a section on marriage, human sexuality, and gender in our church constitution. That's how far we went off the rails in our country. And you have churches, and I say that word church very loosely, that don't know what bathroom to use, and they would tell you they're worshiping the same Jesus as you. They're not. They're not. What are they doing in 2 John? Well, 2 John uh, tells us not following the teachings of Christ, not abiding in the teachings of Christ. The Lord's Supper, Resurrection, Great Commission, those are all sections that we have. Listen, there are several things that are spelled out in, in Scripture, and that's why we believe what we believe. They're foundational Christian truths that have been established from the beginning of the church, and they don't change. And we are supposed to abide in them. Regardless of what society says, we abide in them. So if someone, let me sum up this point real quick. If someone is teaching a false view of God, a false view of salvation, if they are teaching a false view of biblical marriage, it's not Steve and Harry, it's Adam and Eve. If they are teaching a false view of, home, uh, of human sexuality, then they are not abiding in the, in the teachings of Christ Jesus, the truth of his word. And now, what, what must we do? What does verse 10 and 11 says? If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting. For whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works. We should not have association. What association does Satan have with Jesus? What association does light have with darkness? They don't. Light and darkness don't mix. How many of you have ever been into a cave and been back into a room in a cave and they turn the lights out inside a cave? Yeah, Merrimack Caverns up in uh, Sullivan, Missouri. It's old Jesse James hideout. They have a big room in there. They used to have concerts and stuff in. And as you, if you take that tour, they'll walk into this huge room. And they have lights on. And they'll say, now everyone get next to one another. We're going to turn the lights out. And they turn the lights out, and you can't see your hand in front of your face. There is no light. It's completely dark. But if somebody opens their cell phone and turns on the flashlight, or somebody lights a big lighter, like you 80s and 70s folks at concerts, right? And holds that thing up in the air. What happens to the darkness? It's gone. They don't mix. They don't mix. So how can the church of Jesus Christ who holds to his truth 
You're the church. We're followers of Christ that holds to his truths mixed with darkness. You can't. You can't. Those lines are separate, folks. Now you say, man, this is tough. You're telling me that we can't even have people into our house or greet them? Well, that's what I need to explain next. We need to have an explanation on what that means. Because we can misapply those verses. So here's the third point. When he says receive him into your home, what does that look like? What does that mean? Does that mean when somebody's lost comes to my house, I slam the door in their face? No, that's not what it means. We always have to look to God's word for context on what things mean. Here's a couple of uh, of examples. Turn to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Verses 1 through 16. I'm not going to read the whole thing for the sake of time this morning. I want you to highlight it though and read it later. But here's what he says. Jesus is sending out 72 people. Go out, the harvest is plentiful. Let's start in verse 2. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I'm sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. That says a lot right there. I mean, I could just stop there, but let's keep going. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Wherever house you enter, say, first say, peace to be this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Wherever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Okay, you understand the context now. Greeting, greeting, what he's talking about in 2 John, is when disciples of Christ go out, if they're welcome into a home, what is that home doing for them? They're taking care of them. They're supporting them. They're feeding them. They are agreeing with them on their ministry. They're financially supporting them. Now we kind of understand the context. In Matthew chapter 10, verses 9 through 15, it says the same thing. It says, go into the home. If they greet you, be welcome and stay there. They'll feed you. They'll take care of you. So in the context when this was wrote, when John wrote this in 2 John, what is God telling us? It's not that you can't have someone in your your house and visit with them and share the gospel with them. No, it's financially supporting them. It's it's providing for their needs while they're sharing a false gospel. So we have to make sure, we need to make sure receiving someone into your home was a sign of letting them them stay with you, feeding them. You're, You're agreeing with them. You're supporting their ministry. You're worshiping with them. That's what it meant. So a false teacher, true followers of Christ, are not to support or associate with those who are trying to destroy the basic fundamental truths of Christianity. Complete dissociation, complete saying, I'm not going to support you. I can't support this. It's the only thing we can do. On a practical level, what does this mean? I'm not going to a worship service with those who aren't followers of Christ. I'm not going to mingle with those who are teaching a false faith. I remember when I was a youth pastor, I talked about this. 
talked about this before, it's been a while, but I was a youth pastor, and they had these things, it's been many moons ago, but they had these things called Unite Conferences, and it was big, like, hey, everybody get all the youth groups together from everyone, and let's all come and be one big happy family with one another, and the concept sounds great, okay, but let's get together, we'll come together, and let, let's just all worship together, and, and we'll teach, and we'll teach them, and, and then we'll have meal together, and I'm like, okay, well, let's go. Well, then I found out, and this, and this is a local thing, I found out that there was a teacher that was going to be there that had a false view of human sexuality, sin, and salvation. That guy who was a teacher at that is now the youth pastor at a very, very corrupt, false church in Springfield. And he was doing Unite conferences around here when I was a youth pastor. Listen, when I found that out, that was the last Unite conference our kids went to. And I explained why. I explained why. Because we can't mingle with those who are teaching a false view. We're, not, we're, we're, we're supposed to be, it's light and darkness. It's light and darkness. So you understand, inviting someone into your home. Listen, Christians would be well off to invite those who are lost over to their house for dinner and love on them and share the gospel. And, and you're, this isn't like, oh man, we should treat people horribly that are lost. No! You treat people lost with love and compassion and you care for them. You just don't support if they're preaching a false gospel. If they're teaching something that's false. Okay, now here's the other, here's the other one, then we're done. Fourth point. It says, don't even greet them. For whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works. Now what does that mean? Does that mean you can't even say hi to somebody? Like if they're teaching a false gospel, you don't even say hi to them? No, I, I, I don't think he's talking about saying hello on the street. Possibly, I don't think so. Once again, Scripture is the best place to look for clarification and reference. So we got, four, we got three, uh, four different verses here. Romans 16, 16 says this. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. 1 Corinthians 16, 20 says, All the brothers send you greetings. Greet one another with a holy kiss. 2 Corinthians 13, 12 says, Greet one another with a holy kiss. 1 Thessalonians 5, 26, Greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. Now listen. I'm an affectionate guy, church, okay? But if you fellas out there start to think that you're going to kiss me after the service, we're going to have some problems, okay? I'm open for Selena giving me some holy kisses, okay? I'm cool with that. You fellas, my, all my kids are like, ugh, yeah. You fellas, no, all right? But what's the context? Again, the greeting, in all seriousness, what's the context? In greeting a brother or sister in Christ, it's a greeting. The holy kiss was you greeting them like a brother or sister in Christ. That you're saying that we're on the same level. We're, hey, hey, brother, how's my brother in Christ? And you give them a hug or shake their hand. You don't even give them the idea that they are your brother in Christ, that they're teaching a false gospel. Now, that sounds hard, but that's exactly what we're supposed to do. It doesn't mean you're not kind to them. It means you don't address them as your brother in Christ if they're not. If they're not, we can't address them like that. This holy kiss was a, the modern version of me shaking your hand or hugging you and saying, Good morning, brother or sister. How you doing this morning? 
How's my sister in Christ? We shouldn't even in words give somebody who's teaching a heretical message the idea that they are speaking truth or that we're in agreement with them at all. Listen, that's exactly what they want you to do. That's exactly the goal. They want, people who teach the false gospel want to blend in. Do you understand that's what Satan wants to do? Satan, I, I, it, it, I just go nuts when I watch our mainstream media, which I very rarely do. And they bring somebody on and interview them, and they promote a false teacher as an evangelical Christian. It just, I'm like, oh, it just, it, it, it's what we can't do. Satan, I've, I tell my kids this all the time, and I've told you guys this. Satan doesn't look like the pitchfork, horns, evil. Satan is beautiful. He's an angel of light. He wants to come and try to get into the church. And he wants those who follow him to get into the church. If they come professing worship Satan, we're not dumb enough to know that we're, okay, we understand that's a false gospel. So what they want to do is change it a little. Change the doctrine of salvation. Change. And so that when people stand before God one day, like Mike preached about a couple of weeks ago, they will say, well, Lord, we prophesied in your name, and we cast out demons in your name, and we did mighty works in your name. And Jesus says, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I don't know you. I never knew you. That's what happens. So, hey, how do we have to discern? How do we discern what's true and what's right? Well, we got to know the word. We gotta know what this says. We gotta know what foundational Christian truths about who Jesus is. So I can't be involved with organizations that have people that are teaching false doctrines of the fundamental tenets of biblical Christianity. We can't support them, we can't pat them on the back, we can't financially support them, and we can't greet them as a brother or sister in Christ. What can we do? Share the gospel with them, share the truth with them. Share the truth. In order to share the truth, you have to know the truth. Why do we study God's word? To be a proved worker. Study to show yourself approved. Rightfully handling the word of truth. Not getting twisted and mixed up. So, here in closing this, how do we show? Who, who are we supposed to show this hospitality to? I'm going to cover that in a couple weeks. It's probably more people than what you think. All right? This hospitality, that's what this whole chapter is about, is about showing hospitality, not showing hospitality to false teachers. Christians, listen, we can't become a little segregated thing where we never talk to anybody on the outside. We have to be in the world, but not of the world. You have to be able to reach those who are lost and have conversations with them. But what we can't do is, is support false teaching, false ministries. We can't have agreement with that. I'm going to ask our worship team to come this morning. We're about ready to take communion today. I've covered, listen to me, I've covered some foundational truths about who Christ is. As we're about ready to take communion, there's, there's 
things I need to cover. Number one is if you've never professed Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, then ask if you're baptized. If you've never publicly professed Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, don't take communion this morning. Don't take communion. If you have unrepentant, rebellious sin in your life that you've not confessed to God, when I say confessed, agreed with God about the sin and turned from it, don't take communion. I'm not talking about that we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. I'm talking about that you know you're living out in your life and you're, you're rebelling against God. Don't take communion this morning because we're given a warning. In 1 Corinthians 11, it says, Whoever eats the bread or drinks of the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. This is why many of you are weak and ill and some have died. I give this warning, folks, for a reason. If you take communion in an unworthy manner, or if you take it without being a follower of Christ, listen, you can get sick and die. That's the truth. So it's what the Bible says. So don't do it. Don't do it. If you're a follower of Christ this morning, during this invitation, what I want us to do is spend time thanking the Lord Jesus for what he did for us. Because without him, we're nothing. We're nothing. We're not here. We're lost. Only through him. It's only because of him and his mercy and grace. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. If you need me to pray with you, here's how I do. We do invitations. There's no high-pressure sales tactic. There's no smoke machines on the side to try to work you up. Listen, it's between you and God. If you need to pray, you can pray on your own. If you want me to pray with you, I'll be more than happy to. Let's, let's pray, and then we're going to have a song of invitation. Lord Jesus, I thank you this morning again for your word. I, I thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning to teach the truth of what it is. And Lord, I pray that we're a church that's reaching out in our community, that we don't have agreement with those who are, who are preaching false and teaching false views. There is no agreement between light and darkness. But Lord, I pray that we are such a bright light when we leave here that the darkness flees because of the light that we have in you. Lord, in everything, we love you and we thank you. In your name I pray. Amen.
you to be seated this morning. If our elders would please come forward. So Jesus and his disciples had gathered together and they were celebrating uh, Passover. And it's a, it, he, he instituted the, what we call the Lord's Supper uh, or communion in this way. In Matthew 26, it says, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink it, all of you, for this is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So he's telling them, hey, look, remember that I'm giving my body and my blood for you. And so we as the church, we're supposed to remember when we take this what Jesus did for us on the cross. It's also a time, church, that we can look forward to his return. You know, there's a lot of just garbage that's happening in our world. Uh, and it, there has been since the beginning when Adam and Eve sinned, right? Uh, and it's going to continue to be like that until Christ comes back. But it, as the church, we know that we are not citizens of the United States of America. We're citizens of heaven, ultimately. And so that's an amazing thing. And so we look forward to Christ's return uh, one day. So we're going to pass this out together uh, as elders. We will take it together. We ask the kids to make sure you're sitting uh, by your parents now. And parents, if your child has publicly professed Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, let them take communion. If they haven't, uh, please don't. I'm going to ask Denny this morning if he would bless the bread. Lord, as we come to this time... We're thankful, Lord, for what you've done for us. Lord, as we remember the sacrifice you made for us, Lord, as we take this bread, we pray that you will bless it, anoint it in Christ's name. Amen. While we pass this out, you can just spend time uh, thanking the Lord for what he did for you.
while I'm serving our elders here, I want to ask you a question, church. How many of you have people in your life that, are, if we're with us this morning, would not be taking communion next to you? I've passed out communion many times to friends, good friends, that didn't take communion because they were lost. What's your responsibility, church? Share the truth of who Christ is with them. Remember what he did for you. You want your friends and family to be in heaven with you. It should spur you on. Parents, talk to your kids. Jesus said this. He said, take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Take, eat, and eat. He took the cup. He, give, he gave thanks. I'm going to ask Mike if he would please bless the cup this morning. Lord, thank you for the blood that you shed on the cross for our sins, Lord. And, and Lord, what I think Jeff brought up a good point that every believer in here, Lord, you shed your blood for us, but you also shed your blood for every other person that doesn't know you yet. And so, Lord, help us remember what you've done for us that you're willing to do for others if we'll just share you with them. And please, uh, we ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, this is my blood, which is given for you. Take ye and drink. You guys, this was the night that he was betrayed. He's about ready to go to the cross and die an agonizing death. And the worst part of that death is when he looks up and says, Father, why have you forsaken me? At that moment, all of our sins were being placed on him. He was about ready to go and do that. He agonized all the night before. Agonized in prayer. He, he sweat great drops of blood, what the Bible says. But yet, after this, it says they went out joyous and singing. Wow. Wow. So we are supposed to leave joyous and in song. So I'm going to ask you to stand as we close in song.
Remember the families of seniors. We have lunch downstairs. The rest of you, you are dismissed. You have a great day. Love you all.